Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. If you're listening to the Screen the Screener Podcast right now, you truly love college basketball. There's so many things going on in the sports world. You have Yankees, Red Sox going on over here in the East Coast, bunch of baseball games, college football's going on as well, just started, kicked off, a lot of things going on there. NFL season starts this week, Chiefs and Patriots on Thursday. So if you're listening to the Screen the Screener podcast, first of all, thank you. You are loyal and we appreciate it. Gus and I appreciate it very much, but you are a true college basketball junkie. I'm Mike Randall here with you tonight. You can find me on Twitter at FTSY Warrior Mike, and of course, find the Screen the Screener podcast on Twitter at SDS Podcast. So I thought I'd give you a gift tonight, folks. If you're listening to this, you love college basketball, and if you love college basketball, you love March Madness. So what I did is I took a look at ESPN Joe Lenardi's Bracketology. Now, who doesn't love Joe Lenardi? Maybe the best in the business in terms of predicting the brackets, getting people interested in college basketball. If you're not doing so already, you got to follow him on Twitter at ESPN Lenardi, L-U-N-A-R-D-I. His bracketology comes out all year long. And what I did is look at his August 17th bracketology. He's got all 68 teams in there. He's got them seated, 1 through 16, East, South, West, and Midwest. So I thought it'd be interesting to take a look at those seeds that Joe Lenardi has right now and see how the tournament would play out if the exact same seeding upsets happened in 2018 as happened in the past tournament in 2017. So what I'm going to do here is take the bracketology from August 17th on ESPN, Joe Lenardi's bracketology, and I'm going to tell you who would win the games if the brackets respectively, East, West, South, Midwest, ended up with the same results as they did this past year. Now, we know we had two number one seeds. We had Gonzaga in North Carolina, who ended up meeting in the finals. We had a three seed in Oregon, and we had a seven seed in South Carolina. So I'm going to play it out just to show you how great March Madness is and just to give you an idea of who you should be watching and who you should be paying attention to. Because listen, history is not going to repeat, at least not exactly like this. But there's always something unpredictable that happens every single time. And when you look at this bracket, I want you to think it through. I want you to think about all these top teams, your Kansas, your Kentucky, your Duke, Arizona. At least two of them aren't making it. So here we go. I'm going to take you through how the bracket right now would play out if last year's results came true. Call it the 2018 tournament, as predicted by 2017. So here we go. Let's start with the East bracket. Now, this bracket this year was the one that Villanova was the one seed in that ended up with that great South Carolina-Florida battle in Madison Square Garden that South Carolina eventually won. But I'll read you the seeds, and then I'll tell you exactly how it would go if it followed this year's East bracket. Number one seed Duke would play the winner of Norfolk State and St. Francis, Pennsylvania. Of course, we'll have Duke advancing there. The eighth seed, 
SMU Mustangs versus the nine seed Vanderbilt Commodores. Of course, interesting this past year, Vanderbilt was a nine seed. They played Northwestern, the eight seed. Matthew Fisher Davis intentionally fouled Brian McIntosh when they were up one. Vanderbilt was with 17 seconds left. McIntosh nails both free throws. Big time free throws there for McIntosh. As Bill Raftery would say, onions! And Northwestern went on to win. If this follows suit then the eight-seed SMU Mustangs advance. Continuing down, five-seed Gonzaga would play the 12-seed Ivy League representative Princeton. Gonzaga with a tremendous year last year, loses some players to the NBA draft, but certainly Gonzaga is going to return a a strong team as long as Mark Few is there. So it's certainly reasonable to have them at a five. 12 is about where they should be. Uh, Princeton, that is, Ivy League. So we'll have Gonzaga moving on if it follows the seeds from this year. Number four seed, Minnesota Golden Gophers, a team that a lot of people are going to be high on this year, returning an awful lot of players led by Nate Mason. Richard Pitino was Big Ten Coach of the Year. They would be playing a 13 seed, Bucknell Bison from the Patriot League, and Minnesota would move on. Moving down the bracket, the six seed, Northwestern Wildcats, there's those Northwestern Wildcats. They would play 11 seed, Missouri, the Missouri Tigers. Michael Porter Jr., we can't wait to see what he's going to do. Quanzo Martin over there, I believe it's his first year of a seven-year contract. That's called job security, folks. That would be an upset. That would have 11 seed, Missouri there, upsetting Northwestern, moving on to the next round. If it follows suit this year with USC, defeating SMU, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Three-seed West Virginia Mountaineers would play the 14-seed Florida Gulf Coast group with Joe Dooley. Ever since they made that big upset over Georgetown Auto Porter in 2013, they've always been an issue. They're like a poor man's Gonzaga in terms of like the next team on the rise that always seems to be in there and doing well. And that would have West Virginia moving on there if that held form. That was the Baylor spot. Seven-seed Virginia Tech versus 10-seed Rhode Island. I think Rhode Island's a little low here for Joe Lenardi. I think this should be a lot higher, but Virginia Tech Buzz Williams group has a great group coming back. Unfortunately, Buzz is going to have to do it without Ty Outlaw, who's going to have to miss the entire season due to a knee injury that he suffered over the summer. But Virginia Tech has Zach Ledet, Seth Allen coming back. So that group is certainly going to be very solid. And if you remember the East bracket, they certainly have a sweet spot here for 2018. And on the bottom of the bracket is the, the two-seed Villanova Wildcats versus the 15-seed South Dakota State Jack Rabbits. So how would it play out? The one seed Duke would be through. They would play the eight seed SMU Mustangs. The five seed Gonzaga would be through, playing the four seed Minnesota Golden Gophers. 11 seed Missouri with the upset would play the three seeded West Virginia Mountaineers. The seven seed Virginia Tech Hokies would play the two seed Villanova Wildcats. And who would make the Sweet 16 in this bracket? You would have the eight seed SMU Mustangs while losing Sterling Brown getting to the drafted in the NBA and losing Semi Ojale getting drafted in the NBA, upsetting the Duke Blue Devils, who most people have as the number one team in the country headed in. Now, listen, I know that sounds crazy. There's no way it's going to happen. But people didn't think Villanova was losing either, especially after coming off the national championship to a Wisconsin team that was very up and down. So I know you think it's impossible, but that's the way it would play out. The four-seed Minnesota Golden Gophers would have a tough win over Gonzaga there to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, Huggy Bears, West Virginia Mountaineers with maybe the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year in Javon Carter. Daxter Miles will be back and Issa Ahmad. They would defeat Missouri to make to the Sweet 16. And there's Buzz Williams, Virginia Tech Hokies upsetting Villanova. That is not that hard to see. Virginia Tech has a good squad coming back. Williams has done a great job in his first, I think it's his fourth year now there. And Villanova, 
has a history besides the national championship game. They have a history of early exits. So they did uh, so this past year in the second round. It would not be a stretch to see that. So our Sweet 16 in the East region would have the eight seed SMU play the four seed Minnesota. The three seed West Virginia Mountaineers play the seven seed Virginia Tech Hokies. It would have the four seed Minnesota Golden Gophers moving on against the seven seed Virginia Tech Hokies. That would be the Elite Eight matchup and Virginia Tech with Buzz Williams. And this certainly would not be any more surprising than South Carolina last year, would be moving on to the Final Four. What a story that would be for Buzz Williams, who would not only be taking Virginia Tech to their first Sweet 16 appearance in school history, he would be taking them to their first Final Four in school history, even with the outlaw injury. Most people have Virginia Tech in their top 25. They got Justin Robinson back at point guard, 10.4 points per game. Ahmed Hill, Justin Bibbs. Kerry Blackshear, who's returning from injury, and Chris Clark, who's going to miss some of the season but should be back. And there's a lot of talk about Nikel Alexander-Walker from Canada, incredibly talented player, great shooter, great vision. And while Buzz is an old school guy, I remember that video of him having the, the, the players remember the people in the military who have fought for this country. He's a very patriotic guy, old school. There would be no surprise if you had Alexander Walker getting major minutes from the beginning here. So this is a good team, even with Outlaw missing the season, even with Chris Clark coming off a torn ACL, Devin Wilson coming back who redshirted. This is a solid team. It would not be a reach to see Buzz Williams take that team into the Final Four. All right, so next we'll go to the South region for Joe Lenardi's Bracketology from August 17th. This was the region this year that had the tremendous North Carolina versus Kentucky battle, one versus two. Just a phenomenal game across the board. Great shots all around. Two major, major programs. So this one was chalk. And when you see what chalk does to this one, it would deliver us another phenomenal game. Number one seed would be the Kentucky Wildcats. They have the, I believe, 38 incoming stars in their freshman class. If you include Diallo returning, they have 38 stars worth of freshmen coming in. They would, unfortunately, for Fairfield, uh, play the Stags in the first round, uh, and they would move on Kentucky. The 8 seed Virginia Cavaliers, no more London Parentis, no more shoot the ball London. They would face the 9 seed TCU Horned Frogs. Jamie Dixon back at his alma mater doing great things there. Hopefully they get into the tournament this coming year. Virginia would win that game moving on. We'd have a fascinating game. Great job by Joe Lenardi here. Number five seed St. Mary's, folks, playing the 12 seed Texas Arlington group that went into St. Mary's and beat them last year. The Texas Arlington Mavericks with Sunbelt Player of the Year, reigning Sunbelt Player of the Year, Kevin Hervey, six foot seven junior. The Mavericks were 27 and 9 last year. They almost made a bid with a top t- seed in the Sun Belt, but lost to Texas State, interstate rival there. And then Troy ended up as the sixth seed winning and getting that automatic berth. That would be a fantastic game that would have Texas Arlington if it held form to the South Bracket this year, moving on and defeating St. Mary's. Right below it, the USC Trojans. One of the teams that you just have to pay attention to, they're bringing everyone back. Jordan McLaughlin, DeAnthony Melton, Elijah Stewart, Benny Boatwright, who's healthy, and Chemezi Metu. Just a a loaded group. They're they're also bringing in Charles O'Bannon. Derek Thornton is transferring from Duke. He's eligible now. Jordan Usher and Victor Alalumo, all eligible to come in. Big time freshman players. Alalumo is seven feet tall. Andy Enfield has his team rolling. 
Last year, they were 10-8 and eight in the Pac-12. They ended up finishing 5th and 26-10 and 10 overall, but got off to a tremendous start, won like the first 12-13 games in a row. This team is primed. I'm shocked Joe has them as a 4. I think they could be one of the top 5 teams in the country, but either way, they defeat Charleston, who would be the 13th seed, and move on. The 6-seeded Baylor Bears would play Alabama at 11. Alabama with a lot of press. Talked about them a few podcasts ago. Had 3,000 people come to a practice. Exciting freshman Colin Sexton leading the way. Alabama with Avery Johnson going to be a very tough out. They're playing the six seed Baylor. Gosh, I would pick Alabama if I was really picking this. We have to follow form from the South bracket last year. So the six seed Baylor Bears will move on. They bring back Jolo and Manu, so a center and a point guard. Certainly for Scott Drew, he's going to be competitive as well. Then there's Wichita State. The Shockers as the three seed versus the 14 Oakland Grizz. Wichita State, as long as Landry Shamit's okay from his surgery, also bringing back almost all of their starters. Loaded team there for the Shockers. They are no longer a team that anyone wants to play, no longer a mid-major. They're a major college basketball program, and they would defeat Oakland moving on. To fill out that bracket, they're the seven seed Michigan Wolverines. John Beeline will do it again. Almost found his way to a Final Four. Derek Walton Jr.'s shot against Oregon just came up a little short. And then the two seed, they would play... They would play the 10 seed Providence Friars. Ed Cooley, I had them ranked in my top 25 there. Best team he's ever coached, longtime coach. Everybody loves Ed Cooley. Maybe Providence can make some noise and sneak in there. We actually have Providence, if you follow the bracket from the South from last year, upsetting John Beeline's Michigan Wolverines. What a great story that would be for the Friars moving into the second round. And two seed Rick Patino is back every year he is, this time with a two seed Louisville Cardinal team that would, that would beat up on a 15 seeded Loyola Chicago team. So our first round winners would be number one Kentucky versus number eight Virginia. Number 12, Texas Arlington, upsetting St. Mary's and Jock Landell, playing the four seed USC Trojans, six seed Baylor Bears, third seed Wichita State Shockers, and the last matchup would be the 10 seeded Providence Friars versus the second seed Louisville Cardinals. Moving on to the Sweet 16, who would it be? Chalk would hold like it did this year. Number one, Kentucky would advance over Virginia. They would play number four seed USC, who would end the Cinderella ride of the Mavericks of Texas Arlington. And the bottom, Wichita State would make a Sweet 16. That would not be a surprise defeating the six seed Baylor Bears, and Louisville would take care of Ed Cooley's group and move on. So it'd be Kentucky versus USC and Louisville versus Wichita State. That would be a tremendous game, Kentucky versus USC. What a battle that would be, one versus four. Kentucky would win if we followed last year's path, and they would play the two-seeded Louisville Cardinals. Of course, they would see that. Calipari would get mad about that battle, but those ratings would be off the charts. For that battle to go to a Final Four between Patino and Calipari, oh my goodness. And Patino's got a lot of players coming back, Quentin Snyder, Dangadell, the whole crew, a lot of guys coming back for them, and they should be really, really good. With the five-star Brian Bowen committing to the Louisville basketball program, they would play each other in the Elite Eight, bring the Kentucky Wildcats back to the Final Four for John Calipari as they would win that battle if we followed serve in the South bracket. So we have Kentucky playing Louisville in the Elite Eight game, and they would advance on to the Final Four as the one seed from the South bracket. Now we turn our attention to the West bracket. This was the bracket that had Gonzaga in it. Gonzaga, who was up and down a little bit in the tournament, but stayed true to form and made its way 
all the way to the championship game against North Carolina where they fought valiantly in that contest. But they had to face the upset-minded Xavier Musketeers, who as the 11th seed behind Trayvon Blewett, got on quite a roll, even though they lost Edmund Sumner for most of the season. So let's check out how the 2018 bracket in the West by Joe Lenardi would do. The number one seed would be the Arizona Wildcats. Now look, this is Sean Miller's chance. He's got Trier back for a full season. He has Rolly Alkins, who's one of my favorite players in college basketball. He's got Ristic, the big guy. He's got players coming in. He's got DeAndre Ayton. He's got Acott. He's got, he's got a loaded team. And this is a, a very realistic seed for him as number one in the West. They would play number 16, Texas Southern, and move on. Right below it in the 8-9 game, you have Shaka Smarts, Texas Longhorns playing the number nine, Creighton Blue Jays. And in that battle, we would have Mo Bamba and Texas moving on to face Arizona. That would be a frisky game, let me tell you, for Sean Miller in the 8-9 battle with number one. So Texas would move on there. Number five, Purdue, would play number 12 seeded John Becker's Vermont Catamounts. That would be one of the more popular upsets that would be picked. Gus talks about how much he loves Vermont. That's a team that certainly everyone can watch out for. They were undefeated in the America East last year. They would play the Purdue Boilermakers. This one would have Purdue without Biggie Swan again. Moving on to the second round as the five seed, number four seed, Miami Hurricanes, best recruiting class in their history in Miami's history by Jim Laranega, except Lonnie Walker, their five-star recruit and freshman guard, had to go had to undergo knee surgery in July after tearing his meniscus in practice. That puts that team very much in doubt, but they would have enough. Let's pencil Walker in for coming back. That team would have enough to beat. Number 13, New Mexico State, moving on. Then you'd have Seton Hall as the sixth seed going against number 11, Gus's Nevada Wolfpack. What a battle this would be. Kevin Willard, Seton Hall Pirates, not doing well in the tournament lately. Won the Big East title two years ago. May have saved Willard's job. They would draw the 11th seed, Nevada Wolfpack, a very live team. Nevada with two big transfers coming in this year. Caleb Martin and Cody Martin, the brothers coming in from North Carolina State. And of course, with Jordan Caroline, Jordan Caroline coming back, this team with Eric Musselman would be a huge upset pick. And in fact, we would have them if we projected it based off last year's defeating Kevin Willard, Seton Hall Pirates. Oh, what a loss that would be for the group from New Jersey. Right below it, Notre Dame at number three. You have Bonzi Colson, you have Matt Farrell, you have a big and a, and a point guard, and Mike Bray certainly got a chance. They'd be a three seed. They would handle number 14, UNC Asheville, in the first round. Then you would have Wisconsin bouncing back into the tournament. Nice projection here by Joe Lenardi, even after losing Nigel Hayes, Bronson Koenig, led by Ethan Happ, favorite for one of the spots for the first team all Big Ten this year, certainly right behind Miles Bridges East and happened in the in the in the Big Ten for the Badgers. They would defeat number ten Iowa State and move on to the round of thirty two. And number two, Florida Gators, Mike White's group that was tremendous and battled South Carolina, almost got to a final four last year. They'd be a two seed, knocking off fifteen seed Long Beach State. So we'd have number one seed Arizona versus number eight seed Texas, number five seed Purdue versus number four seed Miami, number eleven seed Nevada Wolfpack with an upset over Seton Hall, facing number three, Notre Dame, number seven, Wisconsin Badgers, facing the number two, Florida Gators. Who goes to the Sweet 16? Glad you asked. The Wildcats would find a way past Mo Bamba and Texas to get to the Sweet 16 if we follow the projection, and the Wildcats there would face number four seed Miami. So they would get by Purdue without Biggie Swanigan, Isaac Haas inside, Vince Edwards, Carson Edwards. That group would not have enough to get by Jimmy Laranega, who would move on to the Sweet 16. Nevada would continue their 
magic carpet ride, their Cinderella ride, and they would defeat Mike Bray's Notre Dame Fighting Irish to move into the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed, and there they would face Mike White's Florida Gators, who would dispatch of Wisconsin much like they did last year. Now the battle to go the Elite Eight. Arizona would continue to roll, would beat Miami. I would probably like that upset. I'd probably like that win as well and move on to be one step away from Sean Miller's first Final Four where they would face the Nevada Wolfpack because Xavier knocked off Arizona last year and just, and moved on. They couldn't score after holding, I think it was an eight-point lead with four minutes to go. They got outscored 12-0 over the last few minutes there. Xavier moved on, breaking the hearts of Arizona. Nevada, as the 11th seed this year, would defeat Mike White's Florida Gators, upsetting them, moving in to the Elite Eight. I remember Gus had this. Didn't he have that this year, predicting Nevada in? I think it would be one year off. So we'd have Arizona as a one versus Nevada 11, and Arizona would, in fact, get through for Sean Miller. Moving on, getting into the Final Four there, the Arizona Wildcats would be the representative from the West region. And the only one we got left is the Midwest region. The Midwest region this year, which was the Oregon region, even after losing Chris Boucher, Dana Altman got the monkey off his back and got Oregon into the final four. Let's take a look at how this bracket would shape out. As usual in the Midwest, we have Kansas as the number one seed, and they are there again. They are facing number 16, Idaho, and they would defeat them and move on. We would have a battle between eight-seeded Oregon, be back in the Midwest against ninth-seeded Florida State, and Florida State would pull the mild upset, moving on to face Kansas in the second round. Number five, Xavier Musketeers with Trayvon Blewett coming back. That team should be very, very good. Probably a little underseeded here at five. They would defeat number 12, Kermit Davis and the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. We love Middle Tennessee State. They would unfortunately fall here to Xavier. Right below it, my Valentine, Mick Cronin and the Cincinnati Bearcats at four. Wood down screen, back screen, help and recover, close out hard on Belmont and move on and defeat Belmont, who always finds a way into the tournament every year. Bottom part of that bracket, the 11 seed, Maryland Terrapins, would upset the six-seeded UCLA Bruins. That would make sense to me. That's an upset I could definitely see. Maryland bringing a lot of guys back. No mellow Trimble, but they do bring players back there, upsetting UCLA and moving on to the second round. That could definitely happen. And UNC, the Tar Heels, defending national champions as a three seed, would defeat Furman, the 14 seed, to move on. Bottom pod of that bracket, the seven seed Butler Bulldogs, led by Laval Jordan, taking over for Chris Holtzman, who's now in Ohio State would defeat the number 10, Long Kruger, Oklahoma Sooners, and Michigan State as a two seed. How on earth, Jody, you have Michigan State as a two? Ah, come on. But they're a two, and they would defeat the Spartans, number 15, Kent State. This is where it gets interesting, folks. Kansas defeats Florida State in the most mild of these regions, of these battles, to move on to the Sweet 16. So Kansas is the one seed, and then Xavier as the five would fall to Cincinnati. So I would get my Mick Cronin team through to the Sweet 16. Be great for him and the Bearcat fans as they move on. Maryland would fall as the 11th seed to the North Carolina Tar Heels. So although North Carolina lost a lot, they still have Joel Berry. 
Still have Luke May, still have a lot of great players there. They would move on to the Sweet 16 where they would face Butler. Now, probably the most unlikely result from what I've seen here. You may think SMU beating Duke is unlikely. This one would shock me because you know that I think Michigan State is loaded. They have lost early Michigan State. They were stung by Middle Tennessee State. I do not think they would lose this game, but we will follow through in the Butler Bulldogs. And Laval Jordan's first year, mind you, would upset Michigan State and they would move on to the Sweet 16. So we'd have number one seed Kansas Jayhawks versus the four seed Cincinnati Bearcats. Kansas would again win there to move one step away from getting Bill Self again back to the Final Four and UNC would beat Butler. That would make sense to me. So we would watch Kansas play UNC number one versus three in this situation. Again, a difficult one for me to to rationalize, but if we follow the projections as Oregon did against Kansas, they defeated them to go to the final four. This time it would be the third seed in North Carolina. Tar Heels doing it under man from what we think right now beating Kansas and moving on, that would certainly be shocking. Not a huge shock, not as much as Butler beat Michigan State, but shocking nonetheless, and they would make the Final Four. So there you go, folks. You would have Virginia Tech as the seventh seed, Kentucky as the one seed, Arizona as the one seed, and UNC as the three seed. If you want to follow this through, I put through the Gonzaga North Carolina representatives from those from those appropriate brackets, which means Arizona would beat UNC to make the championship game against Kentucky. So as usual, we would have a phenomenal 2018 NCAA tournament championship battle between Arizona and Kentucky. And since Kentucky would be seated where North Carolina was seated last year in that South region, the Wildcats would cut the nets down for John Calipari's second championship at Kentucky beating the Arizona Wildcats, be a battle of the Wildcats, folks. Not only would we have Calipari getting his second title, but we'd have Sean Miller getting that Final Four monkey off his back. And of course, we'd have the feel-good story of Buzz Williams of Virginia Tech not only getting to their first Sweet 16, but getting all the way to the Final Four. So folks, I hope you enjoyed that. That's a little look into what March Madness could be like. It's the best time of year. We love it. It's fantastic. There's always upsets along the way, things that don't make any sense, and big-time teams that win and big-time teams that get knocked off. It would probably be very difficult for any of us, Gus and myself included, to not have Duke or Michigan State or both in the finals, but Kentucky is certainly loaded. Arizona is loaded as well. It's a very realistic look, and it makes you think maybe you should pay attention to a team like a Virginia Tech. How good are the Missouri Tigers going to be? Nevada, a team that in the Mountain West that maybe some people don't pay attention to, they have a lot of team. They have a lot of players coming back. UT Arlington, Kevin Hervey, don't forget about them. How are they going to do? Of course, as well. So I hope you enjoyed it. I thought it'd be exciting to take a look back and see where things would work out. That would be your final four, folks. Virginia Tech as a seven, Kentucky as a one, Arizona as a one, and North Carolina getting back there as a three. Folks, if you like it, let us know. Give us a review on iTunes. We live off those reviews and comments. Please give us a five-star review if you enjoy Screen the Screener. You can hit me up at FTSY Warrior Mike, Fantasy Warrior Mike. You can hit Gus up at CKerns12. Or the podcast itself at SDS Podcast. Follow us. Let us know how we're doing. You can email the show as well. SDSpodcast at gmail.com. That's it, folks. It's September. I hope you enjoy the NFL games. I hope you enjoy a little college football. But don't forget, we're less than a month away from Midnight Madness. College basketball will be here before you know it. Could Arizona, UNC, Kentucky, and Virginia Tech be in the Final Four? Only time will tell. I'm Mike Randall. See you soon, folks.